Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hey there, so glad you chose to listen today. I am really looking forward to this conversation I'm going to have with my guest, Katie Jones. After she realized she was uh, using money to glorify herself instead of God, she became a faith-based money coach and is on a mission to help others navigate money management skills that's rooted in the gospel so that they can become confident with their finances and be able to routinely reflect on whether or not they are glorifying God with the way they spend their money. I know this is such a good topic and we don't talk about this much uh, in our Christian world, but you know, we know that there is so many talks about money in the Bible that Jesus talks about. And I really looking forward to this because I have personal experience with uh, my own financial hardship and not stewarding money well. And when the hard times come, um, that's when you really suffer consequences and realize, oh, wow, I need a little training session with this from the gospel. So Katie, thank you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jamie. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and so excited to touch on this topic that, like you said, is not talked about very often within the church and within just the, the body of Christ in general and is usually avoided. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share with the listeners today and hopefully um, be able to inspire and equip more Christians with these biblical truths. Yeah, for sure. And let's just start off with a little more about you. And then let's just hear about when that struggle for you, when you feel like, oh, wow, I'm really putting money before God, you know, in the place of where God should be. Yeah, I I graduated from college. I went to a Christian school out here in Colorado called Colorado Christian University. And mm-hmm. I was, I I went through the school of business there and I was taught that I, no matter what I'm going to do in life, I am in full-time ministry, like at, like working in a, in the business field, working in an office, wherever I choose to work, I am um, supposed to be a missionary in that place. And this is kind of contradictory to what we typically are taught. And so I left school kind of having this idea of, okay, I'm, I'm a missionary. How am I supposed to share the gospel and share the love of Christ with others in my workplace? And I, I really struggled with it for a little bit, just trying to figure out how our faith reconciled with work and with our money and all these things. And I kind of put it on the back burner for a while. And it wasn't until my husband and I started investing in real estate, actually. We, we bought our first rental property. And and that's when like kind of these like bells were going off inside of me, like, hey, like what what does the bible really say about this what does the bible say about investing and building wealth and passive income and all of these mm-hmm. things because again like what i was taught is that whatever i'm doing needs to be done for the glory of god and mm-hmm. so 
I started questioning, like, why am I investing in real estate? Like, how can I glorify God with this? And at the time, I was just wrestling with these questions and wanted to get other people's thoughts on them. And so I actually started a blog um, back Mm -hmm. in 2018 and just kind of was writing about these topics of like, how do we love our tenants as landlords, as Christian landlords? How do we just love people? Um, How do we just do a good job with real estate investing and with our personal finances? So that way we're, you know, doing it like, you know, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. And and so I was like, how can I do this with my real estate investing? So I started a blog and um, just kind of started researching more on my own about what the Bible actually has to say about these things. And I was pleasantly surprised with the fact that the Bible says so much about money, so Mm -hmm. much. I mean, you kind of touched on that in the beginning. But there are actually over 2,300 Bible verses that mention something like along the lines of money, wealth, or possessions. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's clear, it's very evident that God does care about this topic a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know he does. And I... You know, I wonder why we shy away from it so much, or it doesn't get talked about uh, too much in messages, you know, in church. But I'm wondering, you know, is it because we forget to bring God in the situation when we're ready to buy something, or we're just so into what we want that we're afraid the Lord is going to like say otherwise? So we don't pray about it or we don't bring God into it. But I love how you were intentional in wanting the Lord to go into your real estate investment and um, and, and bringing it into what you're doing. Because like you're saying, we are ministry wherever we go, right? We're the light, mm-hmm. we're the salt of the earth, and everywhere we go, um, we should be uh, sharing the love of Jesus. So when did you start to feel like, oh, wow, my buying or what I'm doing is more of glorifying myself than the Lord? Yeah, it it started occurring to me that this is something I was doing, that I was glorifying myself more with my finances than God after I started my blog, honestly. I mm-hmm. Again, I started researching and diving into it, and I had really gotten into this whole world of financial independence. You know, there's this there's this big movement, the FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. And this sounded Mm -hmm. so appealing to me. Like, oh yeah, like I can build up wealth to the point where I don't have to trade my time for money anymore. Like I don't have to go into an office and I can just retire and and live on a beach in a sense. This sounded so (laughs) good to me. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? And, and it wasn't until like, I started trying to, you know, I, was really wrestling with the question of does financial independence kind of, or what does God have to say about financial independence? Like, does he say that this is okay? Does he say that this is good? And my whole being, my whole body, like I just really wanted it to be true. Like I wanted it to be like, yes, God loves financial independence. And and I think there are certain aspects of it that really do align with the Bible, because a lot of financial independence is like reprioritizing your money so that way you're saving more and not just like buying things that are, you know, just frivolously. So mm-hmm. th- there's a lot that really does align with 
the gospel and how we should just view our finances. But the part that was really hard for me to, to get to kind of like squish into this box of like, yes, God, like I was trying to put it all together. Like, yeah, God, this is, yeah. this is what he wants for me. It was just the idea of like, like, why, why am I doing this? And really it was so that I would feel really good. I could accomplish something. Um, I could stop working. I could be secure. Mm. And that's when it really occurred to me, like I'm trying mm. to pursue this so that I basically don't have to depend on anyone or anything else, including mm -hmm. God. Like, and that's mm -hmm. when I was like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, like I'm not pursuing this for the glory of God. I'm pursuing this for my own glory. And so that I feel secure in my own abilities and my own skills to manage money. And that's when I was really like, I, I something has to change. But yeah. I definitely knew that God cared enough about my money that he didn't want me to just like forget about my personal finances and just leave it at the door. He still calls us to pursue excellence with everything that we do. But mm -hmm. again, it, you kind of have to go back to the heart of the, the of why you're doing something. So it's just kind of asking right. yourself, what is the purpose? Like, why are you pursuing this, the specific goals that you are doing? Mm -hmm. In, in anything. I mean, it, it can be financial independence. It can be paying off debt. It could just be your job in general, or it could be any goal that you set for yourself. Just asking yourself, why? Like, why are you pursuing this? And when I answered that question for myself, I realized it was basically so I could just depend on myself and nobody else. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I think you nailed the, the head on the nail with the um, security word. I think that's when, with my own experience, the security was so wrapped up into what was coming in each month, the income. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can get used to that and seeing it come through each month. Okay. And then, you know, that kind of more mentality starts to kick in because our bodies, we were designed to want more, but more of Jesus, not more of <laughs> materialism. But yep. I think that's when that security is, it's like, okay, that's the heart check. Wow. I'm trying to be secure in something that can just get burned up. Um, yeah. You know, that verse, you know, don't store up things that can, you know, rust and moths can get to it and yes. it can be burned moths up. Vermin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But really um only being secure in God. And the Lord will definitely show up and allow circumstance to happen so that you can turn back to, okay, what's what's the number one priority in life here? It's the mm -hmm. security and hope in God, not your security and hope in money. You know, it's all for our good. It's all for us to grow our character, to be more like Jesus. And he has the best life for us. That's why he does what he does. It's not to, you know, give us this strict no, just because he wants to say no, no, it's because he loves us that much. He does not want us going down a destructive path. Yeah. So uh, I know in my own experience, getting out of debt, it was just the most freeing experience. <laughs> I mean, this is why, you know, we should not be getting ourselves into debt and um, only pay for things that we can afford and, and to pray about um, 
the things that we want to get, which that takes, I mean, come on, we got to, that takes practice. That takes some training to naturally go to prayer. So like, tell us like some advice and tips, like what do you suggest when we're, you know, just living life and wanting to uh, buy something, um, whether it's big or small, what what do you suggest? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to spending money in general, I, I kind of have like four tips that I that I that I give people that I help my clients, you know, my money coaching clients work through because again, it's it's all about reprioritizing. And it's not to say mm-hmm. that spending on certain things is good or bad, but it's it's to be able to continuously reflect and ask yourself why and ask yourself like what is the purpose of this purchase. And mm-hmm. so there's there's four ways that I kind of like to help clients figure out how to spend their money. The first one is simply just to become more intimate with with God. When we become intimate with someone, we know their likes and their dislikes really well. You know, mm-hmm. when when my husband calls me up and says, "Hey, will you go pick up some dinner tonight?" and and if he just hung up the phone right there, I don't have to ask like call him back and ask him like, "Well, where do you want dinner from? Like, what do you like? <laughs> you know, how much yeah. do you want to spend?" I ca- we know each other well enough that when he calls and says that, he knows I know that he's just telling me to go over to Chipotle and pick up something quick and easy. It's yeah. not like <laughs> a you know a four course meal or something like that where we're going to spend tons. <gasps> of money. So you kind of, you get to know each other. You, and and that's what you want to do with God is like, get to know him through reading the Bible and becoming intimate with him to understand Mm -hmm. what he likes and what he dislikes. And that will become more evident to you as you become more intimate with him. Mm -hmm. The second thing is just to understand your specific and unique calling, because when you understand what you are called to you, you will start to realize how you can allocate your resources, including your time and energy and your money towards that thing, because that thing is what God has specifically purposed you for here on earth. And so when you understand that, you kind of are like, okay, I'm called to be an excellent parent. I'm called to be an excellent manager. I'm called to be an excellent podcaster. And so your resources start flowing towards those things and if you start to realize that they're not aligned together, like, oh, I'm not, you know, investing in time with my family like I should be, including like time and energy and money, like those are, these are mm-hmm. all your resources. And so you start to understand to like flip flop where your, where your resources are going towards those callings. Um, another way is, Simply just to compare your spending to the greatest command. Like, are you loving God? Are you loving your neighbor through the way you're spending your money? And that can look Mm -hmm. so like that, that the way you could answer that is going to look so different for everyone, depending on your circumstances and who's in front of you. But Mm -hmm. one classic example is having an emergency fund is actually a way that you can love others. Like you can love your family, you can, and and your neighbors, because if you are prepared for emergencies, you and your family won't have to stress out in those moments. You won't have to go and knock on your mom and dad's door or your sibling's door or your friend's door to ask for money. So it's a way that you can just be prepared and love others through that. And the last thing is just simply common sense. Like God has gifted us all with a brain to think logically. And so we can just, we can use that brain to critically examine and think through different problems that we have in front of us and think, 
is this really a wise decision to be spending my money on this new pair of expensive shoes when I already have, you know, 50 in my closet? It's like, okay, (laughs) well, maybe, maybe your resources could be allocated a little bit better, but you know, and again, like, it's not to say that any specific purchase is good or bad, because again, these questions and these ways to reflect on our spending, the answers are going to look so different for each of us. Right. Depending on what God calls us to, depending on where we're at in life, depending on who's in front of us and our experiences. And so it's just, you know, again, I'm not pointing fingers to say you're doing anything right or wrong, but it's to get you to reflect and to ask, why am I making these purchases? Mm, I love that. Those were all good tips. And that last one, I went right to Mm -hmm. handbags. I'm a handbag (laughs) shopper. I'm like, yeah, I don't need any more purses. Thank you very much. And I was just reflecting on while you're talking, we decided to build a pool, but, you know, we're praying about it. And I immediately went to, okay, we used to have a pool when we lived in California, but I started to think of, well, what did you do with that pool, Jamie? Well, like this was this is materialistic. I'm going to call myself a Christian, but still live, you know, Mm. the way I want to. And I had parties in the backyard. I had, you know, girlfriends over and, you know, it was cocktails, you know, and we were just like, whatever conversations. We're not talking, we're not talking about God. Okay. We're, we're, probably gossiping on the latest like neighborhood stuff, right? So I'm going, oh, that's the ugly memory of having a pool. Well, since we've decided to add one, since we've been here for eight years in Austin, Texas, and it gets very hot here. And so finally, we're like, okay, we won't be getting into debt to build a pool. So, you know, this is a good thing. But Lord, how can I glorify you by having this pool? Because now I'm like, Mm. I feel like I'm new in Christ. I, you know, since then got, you know, water baptized and uh, just really had, you know, found that personal relationship and allowed the Bible, the word to transform my heart to really start to walk and talk and, and be, um, authentic with my Christian life. So I thought, okay, that party lifestyle is not me at all anymore. How can I, other than swimming in a pool, how can I glorify you? And then instantly I love Bible studies. I love leading Bible studies. I love taking Bible studies. I love digging into scripture and finding like insightful things I've never seen before. Um, you know, whether it's on my own or through, you know, a biblical scholar like Priscilla Schreier, anything, I am just so into it. And I love, you know, ministering with women. I love, you know, building each other up based on God's word and having those, you know, tough conversations about living life, you know, godly and how we can, you know, do it better. And, you know, it's okay, you know, and if we astray, but like, you know, because God's redemption is, you know, his grace is there for us. And I mean, all that stuff makes such great conversations with girlfriends. So in a nutshell, I'm going, that's what I'm doing. I'm leading Bible say I'm calling like poolside Bible study. That's what yes. we're having. So yeah, 
So it's funny that you're talking about this and what's your posture heart reflect? Like, why are you do purchasing, doing this and doing that? And so that was my, my recent little aha moment with the Lord. I love it. I yeah. I mean, just the fact that you reflected on it and prayed through it. And and it's not to say that we need to like go to the grocery store and be like, Lord, which cereal do you yeah. want me to buy right now? But <laughs> what like, bread? But just like yeah. thinking through and, and just being a little bit more conscious of the purchasing decisions we are making is just a it's a simple way that we can invite the Lord into those decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that came from just past experiences. And you know what? God allowed those hard times to happen so that today I can make those great choices of, gosh, yeah. invite your community over. Invite those neighbors. There's so many friends on the street that don't have pools that I know would love to come over and, Mm -hmm. you know, take a dip after we do some Bible study. I mean, it is like, it's endless. So is there anything else you'd like to talk about with building wealth and what the Bible says? Maybe there's a Bible story that you love the most that you um, can really expand on and um, I know you already covered discernment on how to spend our money. Um, so anything extra there that you'd like to just chat to us and encourage us with? Yeah. Honestly, I, I want to touch on the idea of wealth in general because you know, many, many people think that like, as a Christian money coach, I'm going to tell you to just like go and, you know, not, not build up wealth and, you know, be careful about it. And, and I am like, I'm going to help you figure that out, like figure out like how much is enough and, and things like that. But at the same time, I think it's just a really cool concept that God truly wants to bless us abundantly. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's not for our own glory and fulfillment and pleasure. Like those things, right. you know, we can have some pleasure and joy from the resources that he gives us, but that's not the primary purpose of mm-hmm. our wealth. And so when it comes to wealth, I do believe that God desires to give us abundance with financial resources so that we can go and make an amazing and huge impact on the world and be able to reach more people and to grow the kingdom of God. I mean, could you imagine Mm -hmm. what the church would look like if Christians knew how to manage their money so well that they were overflowing with abundance so that they could go and, you know, tithe more, that they could just be more generous. They could, you know, more churches could be planted and ministries could be started families would be blessed and marriages would be renewed um, and and just the impact that it could have on the lives that all of this abundance could overflow and touch. And so it's just, it's such a cool concept that like, you know, Christians kind of think like, oh, well, when we read that Bible verse about not storing up treasure on earth, that means I just can't, I can't be rich. I can't be wealthy. I can't have money in general. And 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 again, there's there's some truth to that and there's some lie in that because God doesn't want us to build up treasures here on earth to make us feel secure because right. that's that's where it gets all wishy-washy where it's like, no, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're building up your your storehouse for the wrong reason. Right. But 
I do think that God wants us to build up the storehouse so that we can overflow and touch so many lives with the abundance that we are blessed with. And so, you know, he, he puts us here on earth to do good works. You know, he wants to bless us. I was going to try and look up the Bible verse, but there's a Bible verse about like, you know, blessing us with abundance so that we can go and do good works, you know, go and bless Mm -hmm. other people. And I think that's truly what our wealth is for is to be able to grow the kingdom and and do good works for other people and to show the love of Christ through that. Cause Mm -hmm. how cool would it be if just we had the money and the resources to all build pools in our backyard and invite all of our neighbors who aren't Christians to be like, yeah, we're, we're just celebrating. We want to love you. We're throwing this awesome party and just all that, that you Mm -hmm. could do for others. And it's just such a cool idea of, the purpose of our wealth. And so mm-hmm. la- last thing I kind of want to touch on with that is, you know, a lot of us as Americans have an abundance of wealth already. Like we already have that money in the storehouse, but we're afraid to use it. We're afraid that if we do go and take a risk and, and be generous that, well, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay for groceries this month if I, you know, tithe, if I, mm-hmm. if I give that mm-hmm. extra paycheck to a neighbor who really needs it. We're afraid mm-hmm. to trust God to, to continue to provide for us, um, but we need to take that risk and, and take that, you know, leap of faith in a sense to trust God that if we are generous and if we do exactly what we feel like we've been called to in generosity, Mm -hmm. that he is going to continue to provide for our daily bread. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a simple, again, like reflecting on where your money is going and reprioritizing it to be those generous people and to be Mm -hmm. those people who are, you know, outrageously abundant in our giving. Yeah, so good. I mean, I say you can't outgive God. I mean, you mm-hmm. just can't. That's the one area where we've seen it in our own lives. Like my if you look up my personal story on this podcast, you'll hear all about my financial hardship. I mean, we ha- we were borrowing money from family just to feed the the kids that were, you know, little mm-hmm. at the time. They're a little older now, but I've experienced, you know, very little and then having a normal income coming and and then um, starting to tithe years ago and then praying about it with my husband and deciding to tithe above and beyond the 10%. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, it the Lord, you cannot outgive him. He comes <laughs> pouring in yes. and, gives, and you don't do it so that you're expecting anything back. You're doing it mm-hmm. just out of a generous love, like the generosity. And that's where he wants us to get to when it becomes, when we think about money or the topic of money in our life, he wants us to get to that point where we want to be generous with it. There's no um, strings, heart strings Mm. attached to money. And he wants to cut those strings off so that we are um, freely giving it and having that freedom to bless other people. And man, when you when you bless other people with money, it it's the most fulfilling thing. I I get emotional and choked up because whenever the Holy Spirit just moves in me, it's instant like tears. So like, mm. you know, I'll do something and then I'm like, Meh. and then my husband's like, oh, uh, you're generous again. And I was just like, 
my God. I love that. Yeah. It just moves me. And it's like, wow, Lord, like this has been our um, what I used to call a, a plague back in the day, like, oh my gosh, why do we have this financial curse over us? And then it's mm. just like, God will just change it around for you once you truly understand why you yeah. have money, like what you use it for. It's not just for yourself. Like you were saying, it's to mm-hmm. have that generosity to bless other people. So yeah, it, I, yeah. it's just so cool. Like all of the possibilities that are there for us to become radically generous people. Mm-hmm. And you're building wealth in heaven. Like, I mean, the treasures, yes. the eternal uh, that never goes away. And that's, you know, we're we're passing through trying to bring others into his kingdom. And, um, and so uh, that's one way we can share our love of Jesus is through uh, what we have. And, and um, I wanted to touch on that too. Like you were saying about, you know, backyard Bible say, like I had people over, bef- you know, before I have a pool, I'm leading Bible study, but yes. I thought, well, how cool though, to add that to um, what we do. So I don't want to have people feel like, oh, I need a pool to, you know, begin a Bible yes. study. No, like just mm-hmm. start wherever. If you feel the nudge to lead a Bible study or attend someone's house to a Bible study, just do it. It is so amazing. And you don't need um, anything fancy, um, just uh, something to sit on and um, <laughs> And some yes. friends to gather around and chat about God. So thank you so much, Katie. Can you finish off with a takeaway, uh, speak a little more life to us, and then where can the listeners connect with you? Yeah. Um, the takeaway, actually, I would love to share is, is actually you kind of inspired me to actually come to this like conclusion right now. And that is that you know, if you are out there listening to this and you're like, I don't have that abundance, there's no way I can be generous. I just, I want to encourage you kind of exactly what Jamie was saying. Like you don't need to have that pool in order to become a radically generous person. You can start with the very little that you have. And it might mean, Hey, I made a big meal tonight and it's going to be more food than I can eat who can I invite over this evening Mm -hmm. to share a meal with? Or who can I give this extra $5 to? Who can, you know, just opening your eyes to all the possibilities to be generous Mm -hmm. with where you're at. Like, cause God wants to know and see that we can be faithful over the very little that we have. We, We get this example from the parable of the talents of the one who had, you know, he had a little bit of money and didn't take a risk with it. He didn't try to grow it. He didn't try to, you know, grow the kingdom in a sense. And so Mm -hmm. God uses money. He kind of blesses us with money to see if we can be trustworthy with it. And so Mm -hmm. don't wait Mm -hmm. to practice generosity and to practice good money management until you have a certain amount of money, until you have a certain income or certain resources, start practicing it now because God wants to see that you can be faithful so that he can, he knows that he can bless you with more because then when when he does, he knows that you are going to be outrageously generous, at, even more so. And, and so just start now. Start with the little that you have. Um, so yeah, hopefully that, oh, that's you know, a good encouragement for people today. I love um, it. 
and reach out to me. Um, you can basically Google Agape Investing and you'll find my blog, which is agapeinvest.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook and, and I'm pretty active on all of those. So feel free to reach out. I love having these conversations and would love to help you guys become those radically generous people. Yes, I know. Where were you, Katie? Like when I needed you years ago. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, there's I not enough learn people the teaching way. this. Yes. No, there's not. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on here and sharing your story on this. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.